Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Ginny. And we are the, the Irreverends. Hey, Ginny. Fourth Sunday of Advent edition. In the year of our Do you Lord remember that a. year, a couple years ago, when the fourth Sunday of Advent was Christmas Eve? Yeah, that was a busy time. That was, that was hard. That was a busy yeah. Sunday. But we made it. Well, we, both, we both we both had, had like pneumonia. <laughs> it was a great year. <laughs> yeah. I know. That year, the struggle truly Good was real. That struggle was real. Apparently, none of you are struggling. Because I didn't get any anything. emails. I did not get a single email about the struggle is real at Tim at theirreverence.com. Again, Tim at theirreverence.com. Maybe no emails there at Tim at theirreverence.com. Maybe people are struggling with knowing how to reach you. If they want to, Maybe. they can reach me by yeah. emailing me at Tim, Tim. at theirreverence.com. So email us at that address. With your struggles. Because you yeah, right now, apparently nobody's struggling. And frankly, okay, we both know except, that that's BS because next week is Christmas. Right. And even, especially maybe even for people who work in the church or work retail. Woo. Or people yeah, for whom the end of the fiscal year is coming. It is. Right. It's hard. Yeah. But I guess we don't have any. So. We'll move on. Yeah. This is finally in this year. The year we get to actually hear a story that sounds something other than about JBAP. We get to hear a story that sounds like it's almost Christmas. Almost. Almost. Although although we still start with Isaiah because he's the Advent dude. The Isaiah sounds almost Christmas. Well, The gospel sounds got, very much Christmas. Right. The end of Isaiah has language that we all now very much equate with Christmas. But we, we get ahead Especially of ourselves. Especially the part about curds and honey. Yeah. That sound, yeah. You know what? That sounds like what I had for breakfast this morning. Curds and honey? Yogurt with honey. Oh, yogurt with that honey. That is actually what you honey. had for breakfast this morning. Um, and I also put almonds in it. Oh, it was nice. Mm. It was delicious. It's the almonds that make it. Yeah. yeah. But apparently it's, a, um, it's an Advent meal. Yes. Curds yeah. and honey. Yeah. Um, better than locusts and honey. I did not put any locusts in my yogurt. The, the almonds and locusts would be equally crunchy. Protein, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Your crispy uh, non-dairy protein source. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So are you going to read to us from Isaiah? Yes. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. 10 through what? 16. 16. <laughs> okay. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. I uh, ah, see how this gotcha. is going to go today. Oh, sorry. All right. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. And here endeth the lesson. So, obviously, the part we associated with Christmas is, look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Right. So much to talk about here. Yeah. And also curds and honey at Christmas time. I mean, it's going to be a thing this year. It's deli- oh, it's totally going to catch on. Yeah. Greek okay. yogurt and honey with almonds, not locusts. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. 
So obviously Christianity has done what we have done and look back at this and see that this is a prediction of Jesus's birth by Sweet a young little woman. baby Jesus. Yes. Sweet little baby Jesus. And notice that it doesn't say virgin. It just says young woman. Yes. And she is with child and she shall name him Emmanuel, which means, which means God with us. Mm-hmm. So Isaiah has a tendency to have interesting names for kids, all right? So if you look back at this in its context, like Tim, like you know. I have, it's an it's an interesting name, Tim. <laughs> there no, are those who call but, me okay. Tim. I mean, it is, but but actually, we don't read the name Tim in Isaiah. So I was just no. messing with you. Ahaz, all right. but yeah, Ahaz, okay. yeah. So this is the time, of course, as everyone knows, of the Syro-Ephraimite War. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that. And as everybody knows... Uh, Aren't there carols about the syro Aphromite war? Ephraimite. Oh, yeah. Ephraimite. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're very, they're very gotcha. distinct carols, and they can only be sung at <laughs> 1 in the morning on January 10th. Gotcha. Right. There's right. very strong rules. The, uh, the syro Aphromite war, basically, you had the northern kingdom of, e- of Israel... And the Af- the Ephraimites working together to pressure Ahaz in Judea to help them attack Assyria before Assyria attacks them, and Ahaz is the preemptive to have no part of it. So they decide that they need to spank Ahaz for not not hanging with them. So that, that's that's the the gist of what's going on. And what Isaiah is saying here is, look. Uh, there's this terrible stuff that's going on, but God says, hey, ask for a sign and make it a big one. And Ahaz does this whole kind of diminutive, no, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to put the Lord to the test, which is not what you actually say to God when he flat out says, ask me for something. You you ask him for something. Ask, ask God for something. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Yeah, as deep as the depths of the underworld and as high as heaven. And uh, so Isaiah responds, all right, well, is it so much that you have to weary people? Now you have to weary God? (laughs) Seriously, Weary meaning annoy. And so God says, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. Look, the young woman is with child and she'll bear a son and she'll name him Emmanuel. So this can be a couple different things read in context. It could be, some some scholars would say this is talking about the birth of Hezekiah, Ahaz's son. Could also be talking about Isaiah's own son being born. We know that Isaiah was married. His wife was also a prophet. And that he had an interesting uh, habit of naming his kids weird things. Like my favorite one, Mahir Shalal Hashbaz, which means the first or the speediest to the spoil and the booty. Boy, his siblings must have been pissed at that. Seriously? Yeah. So so this if Isaiah was having a child naming him Emmanuel, it would be quite in keeping with what Isaiah had done before. God with us. But the final bit then, he'll be eating her curds and honey. Okay, so at this time, Jerusalem was under siege. Food would have been at a minimum. You certainly wouldn't it's... have the good stuff of dairy and honey, which you'd have to go out and collect in the wild. So there will be food by the time he knows how to refuse evil and choose the good. By the time he's like 
four or five. So no matter what, just even though you haven't asked me for something, this good thing is going to happen. So what is the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted? You uh, said the northern, Assyria. The northern, the northern kingdom, kingdom and the Aphromites. Oh. Oh, I see. And, Not and, Assyria. Uh, no. Because it's the no, other Assyria's guys later. who are afraid. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, the northern kingdom is very much afraid of Assyria, and they should be because after all this, Assyria wipes them out. Right. And, Which is why and they're causes deserted. the diaspora. Yeah. Right. So. Right. So, so that's how honey, that's how this read this is read in context. But again, we we look back and see this beautiful language that frames the birth of Jesus. So the curds and honey is echoing back to where the God land. promised a land flowing with milk and honey, which yep. implies freedom. It implies wealth, so that you can have animals that um, produce milk. And enough healthy land so that bees can pollinate and you can go mm-hmm. out and collect it and the freedom to do that and not not be afraid of enemies. So that's why a land flowing with milk and honey is it gives an imagery of a of a very prosperous, free, verdant land. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it definitely recalls back God's promise of, of, right. of the promised land. Right. And so this is this is a callback that anybody at the time would understand being about right. a restoration of the promised land. Well, and then calling the child Emmanuel is another. Yeah. So let's talk about that phrase young woman. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the Hebrew here, that phrase young woman is Alma. And the way that this all kind of went went down then is uh, we've talked a little bit before about how you have the original Hebrew texts that were then translated into a Greek version of what we call the Old Testament and the Hebrew scriptures, which is the Septuagint. And in the Septuagint, the uh, phrase there, Alma, then gets uh, translated into the Greek word parthenos, which actually means a virgin, one who has not had intercourse. So that being the version that was familiar to the Greek-speaking Hellenized world at the time of Jesus, that is the translation that makes it into Matthew. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that even in the time of Jesus, people were not speaking Hebrew. No, they were, yeah, if they were speaking anything at all that was Semitic, it was Aramaic. Aramaic. And the people who understood Hebrew were the scribes Mm -hmm. who were, who were writing the scriptures in their original Hebrew language, but then Mm -hmm. they would be read in Aramaic and in Greek. Mm -hmm. So, so this understanding of this phrase, young woman, which is accurate to the Hebrew, being understood as the virgin is ancient and came about in Jesus's time. Right. So let's then, um, well, before we move on to the gospel and why this phrasing matters, in its own time, we once again have a promise. We have a promise that these countries you are afraid of, there's a child that's going to be born and the child's name is God is with us. Mm-hmm. And by the child by the time the child is four or five or five or six or whatever, 
the socio-political dynamic that you're afraid of will be moot. The countries that you're afraid of will be deserted. And you will have this child among you, God with us, Mm -hmm. which which harkens back to the original promise of Abraham. And and was certainly the case all throughout Exodus with the pillar of fire and smoke. And the... You know, on the tent of meeting, the presence of the God being in the tent of meeting, and then after the temple was built, the presence of God being in the temple. In the temple, in the Holy of Holies. So this is full of imagery that would have felt very, very familiar to people that Isaiah is saying, mm-hmm. here are then, O house of David, even though you're bugging the crap out of God and all the rest of us, God will be <laughs> with you. Don't be afraid. Right? Right. Right. So... It's beautiful. Enough said. Yeah. And in its own historical context, that's what came to pass. Yes. And now, of course, everything changed later. But for a while, the kingdom of Judah was safe. Yeah. I mean, it was it was essentially in a vassal relationship with Assyria, but it was safe. But it was right. The the real fear they had did not come to pass. Yep. Um. It's not. It's not the. It's not freedom. And by the time we get to Jesus's day, they're still yearning for, for real freedom. Yeah. Um, okay. By the so time that take... uh, we get to Jesus's day, it's no longer the Assyrians. They were replaced by the Babylonians. The Babylonians were replaced by the Persians. The Persians were replaced by the Greeks, and the Greeks were replaced by the Romans. And still, God's people were waiting for. Well, let's. Yeah, this is a good segue. So still. The Israelites were waiting for God's kingdom to be restored, mm-hmm. for God's lordship and presence among them, and for the the kingdom of the house of David to be restored. And let's talk a bit about the, the mas- expectations for a Messiah. So there were lots of different ideas about what it would look like for God's kingdom to be restored. There was no unified consensus about it and different sects had different sects of um israelites had different ideas about mm-hmm. about what the messiah would be but it was generally understood that what they were waiting for was for god's kingdom to be restored through the house of david and that it would overthrow the roman occupation and the right. and roman rule and that there was something just in, there was imbalance in the world with God's chosen people being subjects of a pagan people. Mm-hmm. And some thought that this kingdom would be restored in like a military battle. Some thought it might be some sort of supernatural event like God coming in the clouds and that sort of stuff. But people were not expecting... This language in, in Isaiah, people were not expecting a child Messiah. No. N- not expecting that at all. No. And also then once the child grows up, we saw last week that even John from prison says, are you the one who is to come or is there another? Like there was nothing about the Messiah they got that they had particularly expected. Right. Even though there's this language in, in Isaiah you can't look back at it and say, but you knew that the child would lead them. It's, it was nothing that people expected. Mm-mm. So so let's read, uh, I'll read the gospel. 
So um, this is Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel comes at the birth story, the Christmas story from the perspective of Joseph. So this is Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Okay, so first, here's a, just a little bit about ancient marriage practices. To be engaged to somebody was essentially to be married to them, which is why they sort of say when his mother Mary had been engaged, but before they lived together, and then it refers right. to Joseph as her husband. So once you were engaged, but before you were living together, you were really considered to still be married. She... She would have still been living in her parents' household. Right. There would have been no marital congress involved. Congress. Because, <laughs> Wait, because frankly, she was, she was too young for that. Wait, you say intercourse a minute ago, and now you're like, congress? Yes. Okay. I'll figure out what to, what to say for the next go-round. But you are, by all standards, contractually in this married relationship, this state. Well, and if she was known to be pregnant and the father was Joseph, that would be okay because they're already married in one sense. It would be okay, but it would not be no, exactly it would be great. smiled upon. No, yeah. it wouldn't be great, but it would be okay. And there wouldn't yeah. have been a big trauma. As it turns out, there wasn't because there wasn't a, a big hoo-ha. Because they the, just began the to live together. said, hey, yeah. Right. But what would have happened since they weren't living together and yeah. if people had discovered she was pregnant, she would have been stoned to death. Mm -hmm. And he being a righteous man, by that, what that's saying is that he followed the law. And so he would have been required by the law at this point in time to have submitted a quit of divorce to her and been done with it. And, and that, was, that was what was required of him by the Mosaic law. Well, and the, and the assumption was that she had committed adultery. She was, right. for that purpose, married to Joseph, but had had Congress, <laughs> had, um, uh, had known another man. That was, would mm -hmm. have been the assumption. And she could have been stoned to death. She would right. have been stoned to death. But because he was unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, and I almost said when I read that, and execution yeah he planned to dismiss her quietly where 
they would have just tried, he would have encouraged her family to cover up her pregnancy and maybe send her Mm -hmm. away. Right. To to save her, literally to save her life. Mm -hmm. And so just when he gets to feel all good about that, the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream and tells him that Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the English uh, for So No. So for the... uh... Going back to the whole translation issue, Hebrew versus Greek in the Septuagint, Jesus in in Greek is Joshua right. in Hebrew, Yeshua. And so Jesus is what Yeshua, who was Moses's follower and eventually took the reign of leadership over the children of Israel when they entered into the promised land mm-hmm. and Moses dies and, and exits the story, then Yeshua is the one, the great general that leads them into taking the promised land. So, so the one who leads them into the promised land is the person who this child will be named after. But so why don't we call him, why don't we call him Jeshua? Because it was written in Greek. Right. So this would have been another place where the name chosen is really critical because super symbolic yes because the one that's going to bring to fruition the promise to abraham yeah is the name they are to give this child the the name of the child who ushers in this new kingdom and notice for he will save his people from their sins so Mm -hmm. this saving is more than just leading people into the promised land it's really a wholesale, wholesale. It's a making whole again of all of humanity from their sinfulness, right. from their... Which by implication is also a restoration of the world. Yeah. It's very powerful symbolism. And then it's then also connected with all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And they don't say Isaiah, but it's a quote from mm-hmm. Isaiah, which is where we get the... Um, the mistranslation or the this is the greek translation of the hebrew look the virgins yeah. shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him emmanuel so which means god is with us see because right. it's in greek and they're greek speakers they wouldn't know what emmanuel actually meant so they have to then the author which Matthew means actually writes god, is, god with is with us yeah so jesus has two names joshua which is this powerful connecting of the old story of the fulfilling of the promise with the new that now the promise is much bigger. It's not mm-hmm. just about a land. It's about restoring all of humanity and restoring the whole world. And and his title, if you will, is God with us. Mm-hmm. So by the time Matthew's gospel was written, which was what, 70 or so? What year? Mm-hmm. When was Matthew's gospel? Uh, Yeah. Some, somewhere in there. I mean, there's so, a variety of opinions. So the, the oldest of the Gospels is Mark. Mark's Gospel does not have a story of Jesus' birth. Nope. M- Matthew and Luke, Just, which are the two let's stories. Let's get down to business. <laughs> so, um, is Mark. Matthew, yeah. It's just, <clears throat> it's just the facts, nothing but the facts. Um, yeah. Matthew and Luke both have stories of Jesus' birth. One is told right. more from the perspective of Mary And one is told a little more from the perspective of Joseph. This is the one we're in right right now. 
And the Gospel of John doesn't and, also doesn't have anything about Jesus's birth. So by the year 70, by 35 years or so after Jesus's death, there is this strong connection with these um, Isaiah prophetic texts and the people have called him the Messiah. Right. Which is a big deal because when Jesus first died and was resurrected, first of all, the whole thing we, we mentioned before, nobody was expecting a Messiah to be born as a baby. This was not what was envisioned because they didn't see the Isaiah text as, ta- as talking about that the baby was the, the the baby was God with us, but it was proof of God with us. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't God God's own self. But by well, you know, they they would have figured that any mention of the Messiah would come on hand when with an adult male who sure. would then come forward to lead. Who would have power. He he would he would look like what people thought of as Yeah. A general as a leader. King. Yeah. Um but so when Jesus first died and was resurrected, this huge question was, who was he? And what did this mean? But so by the time Jesus had been dead 30, 40 years. Well, no. He was dead for three days. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, 30 <laughs> or 40 years later, uh-huh. the people who were closest to the communities of people who knew Jesus had identified him as the Messiah and found this language back in Isaiah. Yeah. This is also where we begin to get, because this calls her a virgin, not only does that affirm that the baby was God's from the Holy Spirit, right? but it begins right. to set up this whole Mary obsession. Meek and mild and... Right. And she's anything other than and... that. And I, and oh my gosh. Yeah. She's a prophet. Even he took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. I love that because there's some whole elements of the Catholic Church that want to keep her a perpetual virgin. Yeah. And well, not not just some. I mean, it's it's a matter of doctrine. Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't know so. that because I was never Catholic. But why would this say until she had born a son? Unless, well, whatever. Well, because later in Matthew we hear about Jesus's brothers and sisters. I know, and you have to pretend like so. they're just spiritual brothers and sisters. You have yeah. to you have no, to ignore the plain meaning of the text to believe that Mary remained a virgin forever. Yeah. Because this says he didn't sleep with her until and she frankly, had born a son. And frankly, in her culture at that time, it would have been un- unbecoming for that to be the case. She would have been better seen as a blessed woman right, if with she many children. continued to have children. Right. That would have been the sign so. of her as, as blessed, would be a woman yep. with many children. But just know if you don't know already, that you don't really see it as much in this story because this story is written from Joseph's perspective. But Mary must have been just an amazing, strong, exceptional woman because she said yes to something that would have put her at tremendous risk of death. There's this wonderful story of when she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth and she she announces this beautiful Magnificat that's a a prophetic voice about what the kingdom of God will be, where the poor are fed and the hungry, the rich are are sent empty away. I mean, it's beautiful. She is amazing. And to to define her solely by how many, whether she ever had sex and 
and contributes to this whole meek and mild thing is just not really in the text at all. And we need to we need to get Mary out of the stained glass window. So anything else we should say about like what does this mean to us today? God with us. God is with us. Yeah. I mean that's perpetually. Well, you and I have, have often talked about the incarnation, which is what the theological term for God being born as a human. Mm-hmm. That if you if you allow yourself to think beyond the Christmas card at the just astounding idea that the maker of the universe would come to live with us as one of us for one thing is just huge. Yes. That God would make God's self small and vulnerable like a baby completely dependent upon us is mind-blowing. There's not an experience God now hasn't had. Well, and knowing who we are. So from the beginning Mm -hmm. of time, we make promises to God and we let God down. From the beginning of time, we have the best of intentions and it's impossible for us to carry it through. For God then to put God's life in our hands. In our hands. It's it's like ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, we're the ones that always break covenant. God doesn't. Yeah, and God literally put God's self in our hands as the most fragile creature in all of creaturedom pretty much you know human babies are the most defenseless babies i mean it's it's unreal but i think too often tim we just don't we just blow past this like a christmas card or a christmas carol and it's huge it doesn't just mean that god is with us which is huge enough but the idea that god came as a baby that that's how god chose to show god's power and presence with us is just astounding and that from now on Humanity is part of the Godhead in the incarnation. It's, and as you said a minute ago, God has experienced everything humanity experiences. Mm-hmm. It's it's profound, and for us to just try to soak that in a little is worth our time and effort. I mean, that's it's it's mind blowing, and too often I think we just blow by it. So, uh, well, there are presents to open, Ginny. Huh. There are presents to open. Yeah, exactly. Parties to go to, <laughs> decorations to hang, carols to sing. Yes. Shall we do a Lectio? Sure. All right, I got one. Joseph awoke from sleep. Joseph awoke from sleep. Joseph awoke from sleep. What do you think of? What does it bring to your mind? Uh, well, the awoke, awoke comes out. So it just brings to mind like everything there are times where whether or not we're actually physically asleep, we are not aware, truly aware of what's going on around us. And then there are those moments where something snaps us to and we have a new knowledge. And in his case, you know, the knowledge that the world was about to change, not only his, but the entire world. Well, and and what real righteousness would have looked like, right? Because he thought he was righteous. As as opposed to fulfilling the laws, the rules. Yeah. Yeah. That real righteousness meant taking her in and make raising this baby as his own. Right. It called for much more compassion. And as you said, following, not following the law was a more compassionate, righteous thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just think about all the ways we keep ourselves asleep. Hmm. That we were happy to be asleep to injustice 
or the ways where the law as applied is hurting God's children. I mean, that's just a literal, (laughs) that is just a literal take on this, that Joseph awake, quote awake, Joseph thought the righteous thing was to just dismiss her and she still might have been killed, which would have killed the child. Mm-hmm. And I think we keep ourselves to asleep to the ways in which justice operates to kill or harm God's children or to put them in danger. And I think we do that because to stay awake is very painful. And to stay awake requires us yeah, to take just risks. exhausting because there's just so much. Ugh, it's literally exhausting. And yeah. it takes, it's, it's risky. It's risky. Yeah. Just, you know what comes to my mind when you when you say all this is you know the book how Brave smart New I am? World. Oh, sorry. Did I oh, say yes. that out loud? Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Brave New yes, World. Yes, Barrister, you are smart. Brave New World. Aldous Aldous Huxley's oh, book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the drug that they had mm. to self-medicate themselves right. when anything was like what was, it was called? Soma. Soma. Oh yeah. Sleep. Oh. Sleep. Right. And just like what what soporifics what. What drugs do we take? Yeah, and it's not just—it's not just like the physical substances, but what do we do? Distraction. I'm going to turn on the TV and zone out, and I'm guilty. Oh of my that, God, so am know? I. Like Hallmark movies is my primary this season. I mean, it's always. Yeah, those are definitely those will definitely Ooh, a little me. They're to sleep. they're an um, anesthesia, but I saw a great meme on that. There's like, what movie has 180 actors, 100 and 30 performances and one plot. Every Hallmark, Hallmark movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, we were watching one last night, or I was in the other room, and, and um, my oldest son and my husband were in the room with the TV. And at first I thought it was a Hallmark movie because of sort of the sound, you know, the soundtrack and whatever. But then I heard something that made me think, oh, no. This, then it turned out to be a Dateline was a, episode. No, it was a no, <laughs> no, but it was it was a Lifetime movie, oh, which yeah, is yeah. more like Hallmark After Hours. You know, like yeah, the implication is that people have had boyfriends or girlfriends before, or they might, um, you know, they might kiss before the final scene. You know, there's there was right. it was just a little more risque, but I do yeah. think we anesthetize ourselves. Absolutely. And Joseph, who thought he was righteous and he was a good man, had to be awakened from sleep. He was sleeping. Yeah. And um, So what's your prayer for me? Uh, that that the Marys, the people who are potentially victims or who are vulnerable to the things we deliberately choose not to see, that they be held in God's hands and cared for until we awaken and have the courage to do something about it. And I I say that thinking about all the people in cages on the border or people in prisons or the people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are who have substance abuse addictions who that have been criminalized, you know, where it's really mm-hmm. a medical addiction and instead are jailed, which doesn't do anything. That we need to awaken to that. And and just my deepest hope is that God sends people to care for them and protect them until we wake up. So what about you? What's your blessing? I pray for the 
Joseph's before they've had the dream who believe that they're doing the right things, mm. even if it's against God's plan for the world. I pray for everyone who is at a peak of self-righteousness. Oh, God. <laughs> that. That's smart. That believes that they have the answers um, and that they know the only way to go. That we all of us, because it, at some point in time in our lives is all of us, have the dream and are awakened. Mm. Awakened to the love of God. Oh, gosh, Tim, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right, amen. Thanks for that. So, um... Thank you. Hey, go to iTunes, if you're listening. Go to iTunes or Google Play and leave us a review or a rating or both. It would be great. And tell a friend. And we will also post a Christmas episode before Christmas. Post last year's. And if you do have a struggle that you'd like us to talk about, please email us at Where? Tim at theirreverence.com. Tim. That's Tim at theirreverence.com. You can email us at Tim at theirreverence.com. All right. Or just email us about whatever. Yeah. All right. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Okay, so Merry Fourth Sunday of Advent. Good luck. Yes. All right. All right. Bye now. Get your shopping done. Yeah. Bye. All right. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, and I will not be put to the Lord. See, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. But you, were, you were very well behaved last week when I was messing up so bad. You were not like outright giggling. So no, I will try I, very I was, hard. I was slamming you about caramel though. You, you were. Yes. But All you right. weren't like outright go fine. So I will try to withhold.